spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream that at moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins where it all came from since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Label Hi, it's Andy M from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs of this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label hey guys and the end spoken label back in the house on tuesday evening yeah i'm still having laptop trouble at the moment and then must follow the last podcast before this but hopefully it'll behave herself tonight got a lovely lady with me tonight and um i don't know if she remembers this when I first met her, I think it was last year, actually, through a night uh, Natasha Tingle and Maria Byrne were running out, which I don't know if it's still going, actually. And um, she came over to speak easy recently and blew, blew me and Amanda away with the wonderful Tom Stocks. So, and I knew from chatting to Carla, who's with me today, Carla Miller, I knew she had a collection out. So I wanted to have a chapter about it and various other things. So Carla's currently from the Wigan area, but I didn't realise she was originally from Halifax. So, Carla, tell us first of all, then, a bit about yourself as a person, obviously. Yeah, I know you've told me a bit where you've, you've moved around a little bit. So tell us tell us about what led you to Wigan, where you're living now then. Yeah, so, so I'm born, um, well, half-bred in Sorby Bridge, which is near Halifax. Um, it's Hebden Bridge's very less glamorous sister. Um, <laughs> not, it's not, not quite, as, quite as nice as Hebden Bridge. Um, I lived near Hull. Uh, for a few whiles as well for my sins um i've lived in london then on to manchester um and then wigan of, of all the places to end up um, yeah yeah what what made you move to wigan then because i've certainly like it's it's a new interesting i mean for anyone that's thought of buying a house in manchester i think they'll understand why i moved to wigan <laughs> yeah that's, that's yes it's, same um, same goes where we are with all the rent prices it's about, yeah. yeah it's about half the price isn't it so um so yeah me and my fiance um decided that we would eventually want to buy a house so um we rented for a little while in wigan things that i'd put on instagram um we were just talking like just a couple of lines no structure or anything, just I might have a, a thought about something and I'd write a few lines and, and pop it on there. Um, and then it just grew. They started getting a bit longer. Um, there were more of them. Um, and then when COVID hit, um, I wrote a poem about the pandemic. Um, I read it to my partner, Tash, um, and she, she was like, that's brilliant. We could we could make that into a film. Um, 
and she did because she's a filmmaker. Um, so very, very helpful, <laughs> very helpful indeed. Yeah, so. very handy. So she made it into a, a video, um, which was interesting because we weren't allowed to, um, weren't really allowed to be out. Um, so we had to film the entire thing from inside my car. We couldn't even get out of the car. Um, she had to just wind the window down, film it out the car window. Um, and then for the rest of it, she just used sort of stock footage um, and images that were donated by the Mirror um, newspaper. Um, and, and that was it. We just did it all from, from the comfort of our own home and, and it ended up on the telly. Oh, now is this the poem that at Kingdom United or is it another one? Yep, yep, that's the one. Now, tell us about that, the origins about this piece, because I've, I've watched the video, so I have watched the video, and it's really, really good. I really enjoyed this. I didn't I didn't realise that was going to be one you were leading into then as well. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, I just sat down and thought, you know, all these horrible things were going on with COVID and, you know, people... Um, people having to stay home, some people in the hospital, um, everyone really confused as to what's going on, where we're going to be. Um, but along with that, there was this nice side to people. So there were, you know, people knocking on your door that you, you didn't speak to saying, you know, they were, they were getting a food shop. Did you want anything in the food shop? People checking in on people, um, a bit of a wartime kind of uh, feel at, at the beginning and that was the area that I really wanted to focus on it was about the the people of COVID rather than you know the, the big bad COVID um so yeah I just wanted to write about the sort of the nice things that were coming out of, of the back of it really yeah of course and I know obviously since then it's led, led into other, other poems for you as well hasn't it and I know you've had something done for CBBC and CBeebs well, tell us about that next time because this I I didn't know about this so I read your read your bio before actually so yeah so um my partner Natasha who <clears throat> she created uh, the video for Kingdom United um the BBC reached out to her saying that they, they loved it and um they'd like to do something similar for kids you know how are kids feeling during the pandemic what's um what's happening for them um so we did two um for the CBBC age, which I think I think it's like sort of six to twelve, maybe, um, and then the CBBS, which is you sort of two to six, you're really young kids um, on on what it felt like for them. Um, it's as close to ever doing a kids TV presenter voice as I think I'll ever get. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good. It was really interesting. A lot of sort of phone research with my uh, numerous nieces and nephews asking them how they were feeling about it and sort of getting their their point of view um they're actually in in the films as well i've managed to oh, them brilliant. in there so brilliant yeah. brilliant obviously i don't want to go too much into your day job but obviously like it's obviously i know it's a few times before you work i know you work in marketing for the day job did this sort of marketing skill win who's going to listen to it um it's the same with you know when you're performing, you, you stand in front of an audience and you know whether there's, you know, you might have one poem that you think absolutely not for this audience. They're going to hate that. Um, so I guess it's just about knowing knowing your audience, really. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll definitely with that because I think you're great dead right there because I think is a lot of it is when you're going to perform performing and anything like that, you've got to be able to work out your audience 
if not before you're on stage, certainly. That's when you're on stage, you know you've got to do, and I agree completely with that. So, and obviously, then like it's after that, then I know you obviously did a guest poet slot, didn't you, for Louise? And I'm like, I'll let you correct spelling on this because Louise has told me off about four times in this now. Louise Fakasali, uh, is it? Fakasali. Spokenly. So, yeah, I did um, a guest slot for Louise Fakasali for her Bird Street book launch. Um, so, that was in 2020 um, and it was a virtual book launch because of COVID. Um, so, there was myself um, and there was another. Um, poets supporting a uh, uh, Rory Aaron. Uh, he's really good. Um, so we both um, did the support for Louise. Um, on there was the sort of first event that I'd done that wasn't just an open mic. Um, so it was really nice uh, to be asked to do that. Um, I know Louise from uh, the poetry scene in Wigan, and I've done uh, writing workshops that she's held and stuff before. Um, and then when I did. I did a sort of small launch for my book in Wigan um, at the Old Courts and um, she um, sort of did my support for that. Um, well, we did we did more of sort of a joint book launch because hers had been online and she, she'd not been able to, to do a physical launch and mine had been delayed. So we, we decided to do a, a joint one there, uh, which was, it was really good. Brilliant. Now, obviously, we're going to go on to the next thing was, and this, look at this, a great planning. This is synchronisation completely. We want to talk next about your debut collection, Scraps. And obviously, tell us first of all then, why Scraps? Well, uh, one of the poems in there is called Scraps. So my first job um, when I was about 14 uh, was working at a chip shop. Um, <laughs> so I wrote a poem about that. Um, and just the, all my poems that I write are quite short um, and I always feel like they're just little scraps of something so it kind of fitted together with the, the scraps and the other scraps um, and everything I do sort of performing and writing it's, it's very northern so I, I write how I would speak um, and southerners don't know what scraps are so I thought well I mean, if you're Southern, you can buy my book. I'm not saying you can't buy it, but it's it's a, a, a homage to the North, so... Yeah, if anyone's wondering what scraps are, it's not cat's bits. I've seen, I've seen in chip shops down south. They sell them in... Um, you can buy, like, posh scraps in M&S now, and they're, like, five quid or something. I'm like, <laughs> who pays for scraps? Scraps are free. Um, so, oh. yeah, scraps, scraps have become middle class now, by the look. Oh, and it's crazy, isn't it? To think, like, I got... I've, I've never worked in chipping, but certainly, like, I know from when I was younger, he's better go and chip and ask for scraps yourself. Like, I've had it before now. And he's just like, I can't get my head around it. It's middle class, but you're, you are right. I've seen, I've seen it. They, <laughs> not be char- they shouldn't be chargeable, should they? Definitely not. No, no. I always remember the cat's bits. And you see, always because you're in a chip shop down on the coastline, like Brighton and Bournemouth, which is very similar in a way. <laughs> and the first time I went in there with um, my brother, and my brother thought it was actual cat's bits. <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard of that. Is that what they call them? Cat's bits? Yeah, cat's bits is basically I mean, the same. It's not right, that is it? It's a bit weird. <laughs> no. no, anyway, let's end it. We're digressing completely, okay? Now, obviously, with um, your book itself, and how long did your book take to write? Was it quite a quick process, was it? Or did you have to did it take you a bit to write the book? Um, so I approached the publishers when I had sort of half of the poems in there, um, which was sort of mid 2020 um Mm. and then 
and then I kind of just knew I had to write the rest because I'd agreed I'd agreed to do it and it, and that sort of pushed me along to to do them um they all came really quickly in sort of a really short space of time and I, do you know what I've not written anything for ages now because I think it's just I, with everything that I had is in there um and I think it's probably going to take me a while um to to come up with anything else so I'm just sort of coasting by on those for a while because it was intense it was I've yeah. get around with you sometimes then it was obviously like said you bring your first book out you will be like it it's I mean, you've you'd have put a lot of yourself into this first book particularly what I've read of the book Carla certainly I've seen you read there's a lot of you in there I can hear it in all your pieces you do so it's I think mean, you've put yourself so, so far forward of it you need it's almost like you've got to have a recovery time haven't you to calm down again I think yeah yeah and I've always found writing very sort of therapeutic and, and and I do think it was it was quite a sort of I don't know yeah there is a lot of me in there and you know I did feel a little bit empty after I'd done it and it, it's kind of nice to get um a lot a lot of the things in there are very nostalgic and it was a, like, a period of my life that I now feel that I can sort of close the book on because it's written down and you know it exists in there and, and that's and that's where it is um so yeah, I think it was quite a deep, a deep thing, really, sort of writing, writing all that down. Um, yeah, I think you might find, and this, I'm talking about me here, but I think the same could apply to you in this case. When I bought my first book out in 2010, it took me five years to follow it up, mm. and the first book I probably wrote in like two years, two and a bit years. But I think I needed that space. That makes sense, and you're probably going to be the same, aren't you? So. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't want to do, it's always like, is anything else going to be as, you know, will it be as good as that? And, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be just, I don't want these people that would force myself to write. Um, you know, obviously everyone, it works differently for everyone. Some people get up at five in the morning and sit there for an hour and, and just force themselves to write. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure at the end of that, you probably do get something really good, but that's not who I am. I kind of have to have a feeling or a thought or something and then I'll, I'll go with it. Um, but it has to sort of be a natural, yeah, yeah, a natural no occurrence. Yeah, I can't just sit and write. I'd, I'd find that difficult. So. Yeah, of course. Now, winding down on this first part anyway, I always like to ask our writers and people I speak to in Spoken Label, what plans do you have next then? Do you have anything coming up you can talk about in a moment? Yeah, so myself um, and my partner Natasha um, were... Um, made residents at um artists in residence at um Wiganstein which is um like a, an arts hub um in Wigan they do loads of um, workshops for kids and uh, they do like um lampshade making and and lo- loads of cool stuff um Brilliant. and that w- yeah it's re- it's a really cool place to do like coding for kids and um arts and crafts and stuff um so I think it was 2020 when we uh, we found out that we've been successful on that. Um, and as with COVID, it's just delayed everything. Um, but we are just finishing off um, a poetry film um, that we're doing for that. So that'll be um, out in the world soon. Um, so that's been really um, interesting to work on. Um, 
other things coming up, I'm doing a headline slot at Verbose in. Oh, are you? Uh, oh, brilliant! Yeah, well yeah, in Manchester. Uh, well, is it Salford? Is it Manchester? Oh, I think where that Verbose is is borderline because it's, it's just on the other side of Salford Crescent train station. So it, it is, yeah. Really Salford, but. I think it's it's borderline, right? So yeah, yeah. I think five years ago it would have been Salford, and now it's Manchester. Um, but yeah, I'm doing that at the end of the month. Um, I think it's Monday the thirty first. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, just looking to get back into doing more performances, really. Um, now that life's returning to a little bit of uh, a little bit more of normality. Um, just get into that. Yeah, are you still carrying on your night with Tom? Tom Stocks at the moment as well. Yes, yeah. So um, we co-run, although I would say Tom does 80% of the hard work, to be honest. <laughs> I'll hold my hands up there. Um, we co-run a night called, um, well, an afternoon called Mike at the Mill um, yes. in, yes. in Lee. Um, so the next one is actually next Sunday. Um, well, this podcast will go out after that. <laughs> I can tell oh, you right, that. Okay. Well, it's it's, it's going to be sort of by... Is it bi-monthly? Every other month. Yeah. So one one Sunday every other month. Um, th- there is an Instagram page for that, which is uh, Mike at the Mill, uh, for anyone that's interested in going. Uh, but yeah, that's something that, that we've started up recently that it seems to be doing doing well so far. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, then, to conclude then, I like that would conclude tonight. Obviously, if people want to find out more about you, Carla, where do you recommend they go? Um, so I've got a website, which is my full name, Carla Miller, Carla with a C, uh, .co.uk. Um, I'm on Instagram as uh, Poetry for the People, um, and I'm on Twitter as Poetry for People. If you, you'd you say it how you were Yorkshire, because I didn't have enough enough characters on there. So <laughs> it's it's written like an old Yorkshire man would say it, really. Um, but Brilliant. yeah, I'm on there. Oh, brilliant. Okay, then what we'll do, Carla? We'll take a quick break and let you get get composed, okay? To read out a few poems just in the second half. I'm looking forward to this. So thank you again, Carl. It's been a great a pleasure talking to you today, despite the hiccups we've had <laughs> during this. <laughs> but anyway, hang around, guys. We'll see you in a minute. Spoken me. Hi, guys. Yes, I am still here with the wonderful Carl Miller. Carl is now going to share a variety of pieces from her wonderful collection. Over to you, Carl. Thanks. Um, so I'll start off with one that is about my ADHD, um, which is one reason why all my poems are very short, because I don't have a massive concentration span. Um, so this is called Neurodiversity, and it sort of focuses on everyone else's opinion on ADHD, um, which there seems to be many about that. A spreadsheet is never going to reorganise the chaos in my brain. The very suggestion is somewhat insane. A list is never going to fix this mess inside my head. Practicality and positivity are not medication for my ADHD, and your inspirational quote isn't going to turn down the volume or lower the pitch. It's not going to scratch this itch. It won't cancel out the noise or stop the static. So you can keep it, and I'll just manage this manic. Green tea and meditation aren't a massive revelation. They're both bloody ancient, been going around for generations. So stop acting like you're doing me a favour. 
like you're some sort of mental health saviour by making these suggestions on how to improve my behaviour, my behaviour, my behaviour, my behaviour, like it's a choice. Like I wake up in the morning and switch on that voice in my mind that never stops going to let me unwind, that makes me distracted when I'm trying to focus, that screams so loud, brain cell, hocus pocus. My mind is a busy roundabout with too many traffic lights and too many signs and too many junctions for me to decide what to do and where to begin in the car, what start and the engine's packed in and I don't have a license, I can't even drive. I'm in the wrong lane, not sure how to make it out alive. So thanks for the pointers and the tricks and tips I've already read up on and tried and then quit because your spreadsheets are boring and your green tea tastes like crap. So I'll stick with my neurodiversity and just try not to crash. Thank you. Excellent. Tremendous. Great start, that one, Carla. I think, about, I think you read that one out of speakeasy, if memory is correct. It does yeah. ring the bell with that one. Yeah, I think I might have done. Um, it's, a, it's a good one to perform because it's a bit, of a bit of an angry poem. So. Yeah. I always find, always like it. I think you always find performing poets, I'm sure you'd agree with me, and it's like anger, usually. Or not, I don't always say the word anger. I think passionate is the word, isn't it? Something you yeah. get your teeth into, right? So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, on to number two then, when, you, when you're ready. Okay, so this is a bit of a sort of softer one, I guess. Uh, so this is about my granddad. Um, he passed away when I was about 21. Um, there are a number of different song titles in here, so I am well done if you can spot them all. Um, <clears throat> he just really liked karaoke, so I wrote a poem about it. Uh, so this is, called, this is called Karaoke Grandad. You were obsessed with karaoke. Shelves of books, handwritten lyrics in your military cursive. A sea of cassettes all perfectly labelled in alphabetical order. You timestamped every recording. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Every time I came round for tea. In your attic where my mum used to sleep, you'd tell me. When she was small, like me. Grandchild, one of so many. I lost count. Yeah, he's my cousin. She is too. It never stopped, just grew and grew. Not one of us could fucking sing. All tone deaf, if anything. My sister sang, everything I do, I do it for you. And it was true, because she did. And I was three steps to heaven, viva España. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Daydream, believer. And I always sang the word instrumental. And you were, will you still love me tomorrow? And I always did. Followed by you were always on my mind and you are. Finished off, we're top of the world. And I aren't religious, but that's where I think of you now. And we laughed when you'd pop round to ours every now and again with a cassette of you singing all your tunes, impeccably labelled Benny 98. And I've got a Walkman, Grandad. I listen to you sometimes and I forgot you had a list. And now when you'd mess up, you'd say, start again, Ben. And it brings a tear to my eye every time because you're singing my life. One, red, red wine. Two, greatest love of all. Three, never be anyone else. Four, poetry in motion. Instrumental, instrumental, instrumental. I think of you when it's Saturday night and I'm at the movies or when I walk the streets of Manchester listening to the rhythm of the rain when times are good and I feel like it's a wonderful world I swear I can see you on the corner of any and every road pulling up in your blue Volvo packed full of grandkids 
you were king of the road. We were two to a seatbelt and the little one sat in boot, fingers sticky from jam butties and orange juice, ducking down when police cars passed as you blasted out the carpenters and explained to us that health and safety is just for people with no common sense. And I know fuck all about history, biology, or the French I took, but I do know how to make a belting roll-up and pour a cracking pint of Guinness, and I reckon you'd have preferred that, to be honest. And I swear I can feel you stand by me when I'm sitting on the dock of the pier, because I live in Wigan and there's no beers here. And in answer to your question all those years ago, yeah, Grandad, I'll save the last dance for you. Thanks. Oh, beautiful. Really touching. I like the bit where it's a great page. I know, but I love the word you kept repeating instrumental and almost like it was like part of the rhythm, the piece. It added an unusual flavour to that. That's just really touching. I, I, I genuinely used to think it was one of the words, you know, when you sing karaoke and it comes up on the machine, it says instrumental. And I used to always sing it. Um, but depending how long the instrumental was, I used to sing how see how long I could hold the word instrumental Ooh, for. Oh and, and when you and when you don't have a nice singing voice, it's not it's not something anyone needs to to hear. But yeah. Yeah, I can I used to hit really high notes and I don't know if you'd you wouldn't know this, but I used to front of front of Goth Metal band when I was in the early twenties. And oh my high notes was ridiculous, but I can't do that nowadays. <laughs> no, no chance. So, but anyway, brilliant stuff. Okay, well, less about me, more about you. So, okay, what have you got next for us? I'm not going to do what, I know which one I want to do, and I'm uh, just flicking through my book now, trying to remember if it's at the front or the back. Um, let me just have a look. Which is the problem when you've got a book, when you've got them on your phone and you read them from your phone. I always find they're quite easy to to sort of go through but when you've got the book in front of you and you've got so many pages you panic and think oh oh yeah it's not made for oh, whereabouts <laughs> is it so I'll tell you what I'll read scraps because it's, it's the name of the book apron on hair pulled back peeling spuds right from the sack oil coats everything and everything sticks to oil, not much that can't be battered, buttered, drenched in vinegar, radio crackles from the grease in the speaker. For £2.50 an hour, this is where she spends her weekends. Her varnished fingers trace sodium hearts on the metal counter, make a wish. She blows the grains, her distorted reflection is makeup melting off and teenage pimples protruding through her £3.99 market slap. Wage in a brown envelope and a free bag of scraps to take away for the girl who dreams of flying away like the seagulls could, but they don't, they stay. Hard to muster the courage to be brave enough to escape when even something with wings chooses to stay. Yeah, I like the end of that, great stuff. Oh, hmm. Really, really good stuff, that one. Yeah, I've got the feeling of scratch right away, that brilliant. Okay, as I always like to say, Big conclusion, big conclusion. <laughs> Not that I'm putting you under pressure. So what you got to conclude with for us, for us today, Karma? Oh, let me... So this is not completely based on, on my job, but um, for any, it's for anyone that's worked in an office um, or that, that kind of environment. Um, just all the all the little things that they don't seem like a big thing, but when you go... You, <laughs> The same day over and over, and it's a bit Groundhog Day. It's, uh, it's about that, really. It's called Suits. When you were small, they told you it's your life. 
be an astronaut, musician, pilot, anything you like, but it's 6am and your phone's beeping. Got to be in early for an 8am meeting. You wonder if Dolly Parton started her 9 to 5 on the 7.15 train, delayed how many years till you're 65? As you trudge down the platform, you all look the same. Umbrellas at the ready for the Manchester rain. Suits and briefcases, stocking, clad legs, queues out the door for Starbucks and Greggs. Crammed in lifts like tin sardines, staring down at smartphone screens. Black coffee in mugs that try to be funny. Keep calm and carry on this do you really need the money fluorescent lighting clicking pens all caged in like battery hens does anyone have an agenda does anyone really care any other business this is a nightmare pie charts and numbers up on a screen you smile and nod but you just want to scream decades of living years in education and you're cornered in kitchen making polite conversation look at the weather how was the train? You don't give a shit. You're going insane. Every day you seem to know what everyone is having for the tea when they're home. Someone said Darren might be leaving his wife. Why are you so invested in these people's lives? From how many sugars they have in their tea to what's on offer at their local Aldi. The names of their kids, their team for the footy and what colour sauce they have on their body. Keith's had a haircut. Dave's got a new tie. What are you doing? What is your life? Acronyms and business speak like blue sky thinking make you seethe. We're in the weeds. Let's car park that idea. Let's take it offline. You need a fucking beer. You imagine them all unzipping their skin and stepping out of their suits, humans within, and they'll talk like normal people and their eyes will light up like they do Friday lunchtime when they're down at the pub. Thanks. And what a, what a great way to finish your set up, like girl. It had a really good flow behind that last piece. I've really, really enjoyed that. Oh, <laughs> Thank thanks. you. Right. Well, that's it for today, guys and girls, anyway. So, certainly worth checking out Carla's collection. Check her out on her website. I've really enjoyed this today and I recommend it hugely. So, thank you for today, Carla. It's been a pleasure. I've really, thanks. really enjoyed this. Thanks for having me. I've loved it. And thanks for your patience as well. Like, people are wondering, we had a crash <laughs> in the middle of this and it caused. Cause me no end of trouble. So, but anyway, hang around, Carla. I do need to chat you off mic as always. But as Don Callis always says at Impact Wrestling, and I'm concluded as always, stay safe and stay over. And we'll see you all next time. Spoken, mate.